Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up and you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. We are remote again. And I guess we need to acknowledge this. We're typically in studio uh, <laughs> four days a week, three days a week. Uh, I have a COVID infection in my house. I'm fine. Uh, my daughter's fine. But my wife came home from Florida uh, and got covid so we are kind of locking down and playing it safe. So I took a bunch of tests, tested negative, and I've got a PCR test pending. And uh, once I'm clear there, we'll all be back in the studio. So thanks for your patience with that. I don't know if it makes much of a difference to the viewer, whether we're remote or in studio, but I like being in studio, especially on I days like where there's all sorts of smoked meats being passed around. Yeah. You're making us miss free meat days, Owasi. I know. <laughs> Just head over after the show and, and see what's left. Yeah. Well, on the gonna... plus side, I've I've saved gas money the last two days, and that's uh, you know that helps. That's yeah. good. Well, you know, you Not use half a traffic tank driving park. around looking for parking. So exactly. And, yeah. Anyway, uh, we plan on having some fun today, and we're still going to. It is Top Shelf Tuesday, after all. Uh, we're going to talk about in honor of the Bears' uh, really fun, really memorable uh, rain-soaked victory over the 49ers. We're going to reminisce about some of the more memorable Blackhawks regular season games. Sure, you've got all the playoff games, you've got all those great things, but there have been some pretty memorable uh, regular season games over the years here, uh, and we're going to get into those. Uh, but first, we've got some pretty significant news on the Blackhawks injury front. This morning, uh, the Blackhawks released the following statement. It says, uh, Blackhawks team physician Dr. Michael Terry today released the following medical update. Defenseman Jake McCabe recently underwent successful cervical spine surgery, and we expect him to return in 10 to 12 weeks. Forward Jalen Lipen had an injury on his left rotator cuff that was recently repaired, and we expect him to return in 14 to 18 weeks. So two very significant injuries uh, for the Blackhawks organization. Uh, obviously, the Jake McCabe one bigger for the team on the ice this year. Uh, that's a guy, as we've been sort of, building our lineups and our lines and everything. A guy that we had penciled in for all 82, and now he's going to miss a significant portion of this year. And I guess if there's a silver lining to this, and some might not even say silver lining, we're going to see some kids play. Now an extra opportunity uh, will be born. And I know, Greg, has your piece been uh, – uh, I'm sorry, Mario, has your piece been published yet? Or, yeah, uh, yeah, it's, yeah up at, uh, it's up at allchgo.com for sure. Yeah, so Mario uh, talking about some of the opportunities uh, that could arise for the young players there. Go to allchgo.com to read that and become a member, of course. You get to pick out a free shirt and all that great stuff. So, uh, you know, for me, the first guy I thought of was Ian Mitchell. And we've all kind of been like, ah, you know, he had a great year in Rockford, but the organization doesn't seem too married to him. Uh, I think this is a, a real opportunity for him because if he's going to be here, I think he has to play, right? It's a guy you're going to want to have in a regular rotation and not being the seventh man in a press box. Yeah, I mean, you thought you would, you know, think that there was basically one regular spot open in the lineup uh, heading into training camp. Uh, you could pretty much pencil in five guys at least into the uh, into the blue line, but. Yeah, I think with with McCabe, the uh, with the injury to McCabe, you know, they brought in Jack Johnson, and from from what Charlie Romeliota said, uh, the Blackhawks knew McCabe was going to be having this uh, this surgery and knew 
that, that he was going to miss time. So it makes san- signing Jack Johnson a lot more uh, makes a lot more sense. They ran into the, a similar situation like this last year where Caleb Jones and Wyatt Kalanick were hurt right before the, the, the season began. So in came Eric Gustafson. So I think I know, shut, <laughs> I know collective collective shutter, but um, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it, it opens up another spot. I think Ian Mitchell was already going to be pushing for an NHL spot in training camp. And now uh, maybe a little quote unquote pressure off knowing that there's probably two spots open uh, on the NHL roster to have a, a younger player fill that role. But um, yeah, I think Mitchell, Vlasic, uh, Alec Regula, like those are the first guys that I think of that would have a crack at taking up one, p- taking up this now uh, vacant spot to begin the year. Um, but but we'll see. I mean, it's we already knew there was going to be competition uh, with the young defensemen through the preseason through training camp. Um, now it just seems like it's not just going to be one guy that kind of rises to the top. There might be two guys that are able to. Uh, uh, rise to the top and, and 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 take up some spots. And I think to your point, Jay, with having guys like Jack Johnson, Caleb Jones, Riley Stillman in the mix, um, you know, you can you can play two young guys in the roster mm-hmm. and have a and have a guy who you're not really necessarily trying to figure out who they are at the NHL level. Have them rotate. Have them rotate through it and be the seventh defenseman, so that you're not taking ice time away from guys who you're trying to develop. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's, it's unfortunate, uh, for McCabe, but beneficial for the young guys. And I mean, I just feel so bad for McCabe. Like, like he came to Chicago last summer thinking, finally, I'll have an opportunity to play on a team that's going to be competitive and and be in the playoff hunt. And then last season went absolutely backwards. Um, he was coming off of a, of, of knee surgery. He was coming, he was thinking he was coming away from Buffalo, just NHL purgatory and hell in Buffalo for his entire you know career up to that point. And coming to Chicago where he and his family have basically lived since he's been a professional in the offseason. So it was like a homecoming for McCabe to come to the Blackhawks, kind of. And then it's just with now with this surgery, um, cervical spine surgery uh, doesn't sound fun. No. So... Um, yeah, it's just this is just a, a rough, rough go of it for uh, for McCabe here. Yeah, you feel bad for him. He was uh, a great guy. Yet last season, you know, his season got off to a rough start as he's as he's recovering from surgery, and then he started to finally get it, you know, get into his his groove at the end of the year, and his his play improved, and then he was dealing with some nagging injuries. But he was always a guy that, you know, was great with the media. Um, you know, came out talked after tough losses when he probably didn't want to had very candid answers. So I know he was one of the favorites and still a favorite uh, among the beat writers, as far as guys, you know, talking and giving good quotes. So, and, and that was a guy that I'm sure Luke Richardson was looking forward. And, and he, that, let's he's, he'll be back at some point, you know, right. he'll be back, you know, midway through the season, but I'm sure that was a guy Luke Richardson had really planned on on leaning on to be that veteran leader. Now he still has guys like Connor Murphy and and Seth Jones and, and Jack Johnson to 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 be those guys, those leaders on the ice for the young defenseman. But I'm sure McCabe was going to be one of those guys leaned on in that department. But as you mentioned just now, Mario, and, and over on allchgo.com, you know, this is this is a really good chance for another young defenseman. 
to, to step up and, and become a regular NHL player. And and also the trickle-down effect, now this gives more playing time for a guy, one of the young guys in Rockford, who might have been a third-pairing guy, but because now two guys are going to be up in Chicago, he can become a second. Maybe a guy like Nicholas Bodine says, okay, this is my chance to be the number one guy down here because both Ian Mitchell and Alec Regula are in Chicago. So there's a trickle-down effect as well, which is, is a positive thing. And this is how we're going to have to look at this for the next couple of years is, yeah, it sucks this guy. It sucks Jake is out for injury or so-and-so is going to have to miss a few games, but it's next man up. Now it's your time for the young guy to show what he's got. And I put Joey Z on the spot uh, uh, Wednesday when I had him on to preview the Ice Hogs, and I, I asked him, I said, all right, you know, You've seen all these young defensemen for the last couple of years. Who's the guy that you think is most NHL ready? Who's going to get that last spot? And he mentioned Alec Regula as his guy to cement himself in Chicago this year, just because he's got the the skating ability plus the size, the physical play, a little bit of offensive touch. So this is a chance for him to now, you know, or Alex Vlasic to make his case to say, I'm staying here. The one interesting thing that I took out of this, aside from the whole defensive thing, uh, the fact that it was the Blackhawks announcing the Jalen Lipen um, injury. Yeah. yeah. That tells me he was the plans for him to be in Rockford this year and be a pro. It wasn't the Edmonton because we were kind of earlier, we were like, hey, is he going to go back to juniors? But he's 20 and he's had full. This tells me he was in the plans to be, uh, you know, professional season. And, and Likely still, I mean, they say three to four months on him. That's not much longer than McCabe. If McCabe is 12 weeks, that's three months. So you're talking another month after that. So maybe we get him some games in Rockford the second half of the season and see what he could do. But bummer for Leipen because he's one of the prospects I'm excited about. But again, early enough in his career, not going to keep him out of full season. So he should jump in. But that was what I took away from that, that, you know, the plan for him is to be, you know, full-time professional this season. Yeah, and for Lipen too, you know, he wasn't going to be if he was going back to juniors, he wasn't going to be going back to that stacked Edmonton team. He he was traded in the in the That's summer right, to, yeah. to to Tri City, um, who finished <laughs> out of the postseason in, in the WHL last year, uh, dead last in the U.S. division, um, which is hard to do in the WHL is to not make the playoffs because <laughs> a lot of teams make the playoffs. But yeah, so it'll, it, maybe it was it, maybe it was probably a a decision that Lipen was maybe excited about to be like, Hey, uh, I would love to go play, you know, in the AHL and, and, and turn pro rather than play. I think it would have been his fifth. Yeah, WHL he's, season. Four, he's got four seasons already. I yeah. Mean, so I, th- I, I think not there, there may not for be, him to do there. yeah, there may not be much left to do. And especially if you're going to go to a team that may not compete in the WHL, I, I think it's probably more beneficial for him at this point in his career to, to, to go to Rockford. Um. Yeah, I, I think to your point, Greg. That that was something I thought too. I was just like, why is Chicago telling him, telling us the you know the 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 injury details there and 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 not his junior team? But yeah, it makes sense that he would be in the plans for Rockford. I've always been fascinated, and this is not a this is not a slam at either one of these guys. But in sports in general, how many times does it happen where guys have surgery like right before their training camp or spring training starts? It's like, why didn't you do this right after this? I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of factors that go into it. Yeah. You try second opinions, you try therapy, and this is a last ditch effort. But it just always amazes me. Like you had three months to kind of do it in rehab, but now you wait till like the day before you're supposed to show up. I don't, well, well. All- me well two things one um i think for lipen i think he had the surgery i think that's why he missed 
prospect mm-hmm. camp mm-hmm. was because he ended up having a surgery. And in the in the verbiage of the press release, it, it sounded like he injured something that was already had been worked on. That's what it sounded like. Yeah, to so me. it said forward Jalen Lightman had an injury on his left left rotator cuff that was recently repaired. Right. Mm, so okay. So it, yeah, maybe in his recovery, he did something that re-hurt it. I don't and know. A lot I, of these or maybe guys... it's just they, they have to get in there, see what it looks like, and then you know yeah. after after the you know the swelling goes down, then sort of reevaluate. Um, I don't know, but regardless, uh, it's it's bad news for both those guys. I did I did some number crunching here. Uh, Ten weeks for Jake McCabe would mean November twenty second. That would be eighteen games he would miss. If it's twelve weeks, that would be December sixth. That is twenty five games. So a quarter of the season. Yeah, I mean, Tough. pretty significant. Um, you know, the interesting here though is we discussed the prospects that might be um, you know, moving up to replace uh Jake McCabe in his absence. They all have a clean slate with Luke Richardson. Like we I think we're looking at last year, like, well, you know, Vlasic played the end of the year and Ragula played well and Mitchell never got called up. All these guys have a clean slate with Luke Richardson. I know yeah. that Kyle Davidson probably has some say over who makes the team and who doesn't, but I think that just kind of getting the vibes I get from Davidson are he's going to let Luke Richardson coach this team the way he sees fit. And I, I think that any of these guys, like you mentioned Bodine and and maybe guys we're not thinking of come out, have a really strong camp and, and don't have that already um, indented opinion of themselves on the coaching staff, right? Like, Sure, Derek King is still there and can offer some advice like, oh, you know, this kid, maybe not the hardest worker, or he really works his ass off. He's the first guy in and the last guy to leave, whatever. Mm -hmm. But I do feel like, and we'll get more of a feel for this as the preseason goes on, that Luke is the guy who's going to be making the calls. And you look at Regula and Vlasic and Mitchell, if all these guys start on an even playing field, it's going to be really interesting to see how this pans out and... You know, one thing that's fun about a rebuild is that the preseason matters. You get to watch these roster battles play out. And, you know, you watch the NFL preseason and other preseasons. It's like, okay, let's just get to the, can we just get to the regular season here, please? We all kind of know what's happening. Uh, You know, it's a battle for depth. But in the NHL, especially for a, a young team like the Hawks, with a lot of spots open, they got a lot of guys with just, you know, starting with a new coach to make an impression and earn a spot. And I'm really interested to see how that's going to go. Yeah. And you have guys like Jakob Galvis and Isaac Phillips who, you know, had a taste of the NHL last season. They, they could very well be in the mix. Um, a guy that we saw at prospect camp, uh, Philip Roos could be someone who's, you know, played professionally overseas and, and probably is maybe one of those like, not really a prospect, but maybe trying to prove that he's, you know, an NHL caliber pro um, that could be someone who through training camp in the preseason makes a, makes a big impact too. So yeah, it's, it's, it's wide open to, to, you know, some of these guys, these younger guys who could really make an impact. It's, it's, it's easy to pencil in based off of prior experience, a uh, pencil in based off of prior experience, Alex Vlasic, Alec Gregula, Ian Mitchell, um, but any of these guys could really could really jump up and 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 make a name for themselves. And we are exactly two weeks away from the first preseason game today. Yeah. It on. It's coming up. It's crazy. It's, it's coming crazy. up. I'm I'm really excited about 
preseason hockey is something I didn't think I would ever say again, but no, no I really I've never, I've never been excited about it, but I guess it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's different now just because of all those things you mentioned. Also that, you know, we've got this sweet gig and we get to talk about what everybody <laughs> yeah. listening. So, you know, it's, it's a different spin on it. And, but there's a lot more intriguing storylines heading into this than there has been in over a decade. Of yeah. Preseason hockey. Yeah, you think, you know, seven, eight years ago, pre preseason was like, oh, let's see who, you know, yeah, let's, let's not get anybody. Let's, let's not get any of our stars injured. Let's not no play one, anybody. Yeah, yeah no one just, get hurt. You know, my biggest thing about preseason back in the day when I had season tickets was like, who wants these damn seats? I don't want to go. <laughs> like, uh, oh, There was one quick question uh, from our pal region Rev in the chat i'm assuming she meant about jalen lightman he would he was already on contract yeah he signed his uh uh entry-level deal yeah. uh during the summer like pretty much right after the his summer, uh yeah. junior season ended like right before august 2nd. somewhere around prospect camp yeah it, it was, was after after camp yeah yeah so he, he was he's under his under pro contract now so that's why maybe that's why they made that announcement too but um but you can yeah. be you can be under contract go back to juniors and and not have the nhl team announce your injury right so but, i mean yeah they could just be operating differently now that, you know with uh yeah with the blackhawks there you got a, i mean uh a newish pr staff you've got a new coaching staff you've got a new front office like Things could be managed a lot differently this year, um, mm -hmm. so we're just kind of have to feel that out as we go. But uh, I do think, you know, on Lipen, it just felt like he was going to be an ice hog, you know, based on you know the way they were talking about him and the contract being signed, and and like you guys mentioned, the four years in the in the in junior, like what more are you going to do here? You right, know? Yeah. like get get, the, like, get a shot, and, and I, most... I think having a dynamic guy you can score. Is something that this organization does not have a lot of. Uh, you know, they brought in some guys to help supplement that Ice Hawks roster, like Dylan Secure and some others who can score at the AHL level, uh, not the NHL level at all. Um, but to have somebody like Lipen in there adds a nice element. And uh, I was, I was sort of, I wouldn't say a hundred percent sold, but I was assuming that the plan, unless he showed otherwise, was Rockford for Lipen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it makes it makes the most I, like we said, I think it makes the most sense for his development path because some guys, yeah, maybe they need all the time in juniors that that they can get. Some guys, it's it's just, you know what, I'm I'm physically mature to I'm physically matured out of this league. I'm you know, my skill set is is matured out of this league and they're ready for the next step. Um, I'm not sure Lipen is exactly at that point, but I also like we said, I also don't think staying in juniors would have done him much good like he yeah like he maybe he could have gone back put up another you know 70 80 point season but what does that what does that really do for him other than you know beating on teenagers like if he's if he's ready to if he's ready to, to take the next step um you know i think i think for a guy who's already had that much time in juniors take the next step nothing wrong with that yeah, yeah most most of the 20 year olds and juniors are guys that have not never been drafted yet or don't have their contracts signed yeah. yet so you know yeah. usually if you if you've got any if you've got your entry level deal signed and and you're 20 you're usually not playing in juniors anymore but mm -hmm. uh nate has a question in the chat um on the topic of injuries what's going on with jujar kara it's a good question i would think we're all assuming he's going to just be ready for camp 
Um, but man, yeah. he went through some brutal injuries last year. Uh, I would and I hope he's doing all right. I would think if there was a delay for him not being ready in camp, he would have been thrown in that release today. Probably. Um, so to me, that tells me we should see him on the ice here in a few days. Um, they haven't given us a. Um, they haven't given us a preseason uh, or a training camp schedule yet, but I'm going to assume that's coming soon because uh, you would think with the first game on the 27th, two weeks from today, they would want to get at least four or five days of camp in before that game. So, yeah. But I would think if he was not going to be ready for camp, he would have been part of that press release this morning. Yeah, I, I just assumed he's, he's going to be there, and I think uh, that's a safe assumption. I'm trying to look it up. I, I, I thought I had heard somewhere that there was uh, like an offhand update on Jujar Kara where it was just like, he's doing fine. Um, <laughs> you know, just to, to try and like, to try and like quell the like, you know, worry about him. But let me, uh, let me see if I can find that here for well, you. Well, you look for that and I'm going to tell everybody about points bet. This football season, points bet is bringing you, the CHGO listener, a better way to bet live on games, which means before this ad is over, you can place a live same game parlay, bet on the next drive to be a touchdown and cash out your live second half over bet with points, bet you have more access to more live football markets than ever before. Build the perfect live same game parlay by combining your favorite bets anytime during the game, including spreads, totals, player props, and more. Choose the outcome of the next drive and next points with points bet lightning bets. So whether you're on the move or on the couch, do it live. We'll do it live on points bet. <laughs> Download the points bet app today. Sign up with the code CHGO and you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. Yeah, the NFL season is the perfect time to play points bet. Just sit there, watch Red Zone. Just, oh, that looks fun. I think you're going to score here. Bet. I think they're going to get stuffed. Bet. <laughs> Write down that number, and, though. 1-800-GAMBLER. <laughs> and if you want to place bets while sitting in the NFL stadium, you need to go check out our new friends at Game Time. Yeah. Great new website for you guys to pick up all the best seats for the, all the events you want to go to, games, concerts, anything you that they sell tickets to, you can get them on Game Time, and you can get them on Game Time at mind-blowing savings wait to the last moment pick up those tickets i know a lot of people have asked me this year what's the best way to get blackhawks tickets i always tell them wait to the day of wait about an hour before puck drop and then go to our friends at game time and you'll save a ton of money hey we got a big tailgate party a chgo our first chgo bears tailgate party for the game on september 25th uh when the bears are hosting the houston texans from 8 a.m. to noon, we're going to be hanging out in the parking lot, an all-inclusive party with food and DJs and drinks. Come join us for that. But if you want to go to the game after that, right there on your screen, Texans at Bears, tons. Look at all those tickets. Yeah, plenty of, tickets. plenty of they, tickets available. Great seats still available, as they say in the business. <laughs> Check out our friends over at Game Time. You're going to save a lot of money by using them. I know they've got great customer service. Uh, our buddy Herb Lawrence on the White Sox beat used it recently and said he found he bought tickets for a game in Atlanta on ballpark road trips, bought the tickets on game time and then found them cheaper at another site, emailed it, and they uh, matched that price. So they will be the lowest price out there, guaranteed. So um, 
Also, make sure we have the link. When you want to buy, click on the link right there at the bottom of the YouTube description because that's how you're going to help us at CHGO. Follow that link on the YouTube page while you're watching the show. If you want to buy tickets to a Hawks game or a Bears game or any event you want, they've got the tickets for you. You'll help us out at CHGO by using the link in the YouTube description, and we definitely appreciate all of that. I'm Thank cute. you. Curious what points what 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 game time has up for uh, Hawks preseason game one against the Blues in terms of tickets? Yeah, we'll actually yeah. send you ten dollars to your <laughs> Like like points bet gives us uh, gives you a free bet every now and then. Yeah. Game time might send you here's a free ticket, a free Hawks buy one ticket. for three dollars. We'll send yeah, you ten. Yeah. We'll send you the whole row for free. Yeah, <laughs> I actually used game time a while back before even before they were on with CHGO. I, I wanted to take the family to a Sox game. I got like fourth row off the field in right field. The th- three tickets were like eighty dollars total. Can't beat that. Wow, yeah. it's like, That's these are good. incredible seats, and you know you're right up next to the action. There, we were in fall ball territory, so my head was on a swivel the whole game. It was great. It's a great app, super easy to use. It was the first time I'd used it, and now that's going to be my go-to. Uh, it's, just, yep. it's awesome. I will definitely be uh, using it down the line for sure. You yep. want to go to a Hawks game this year? You're going to get yourself some major deals on some good 200 and 100 level seats. Just wait to the uh, uh, day of. That's my advice. <laughs> you know, pick out the game you want to go to, and then like five o'clock of that day on your way to the stadium, click that link on the, our YouTube page and get yourself some great deals. Yep, that's it. Yep, I did find uh, not exactly what I was looking for, but. Uh, back in April, towards the end of the uh, the season, uh, Jujar Carrot was skating in a non-contact jersey at one of uh, Blackhawks morning skates. So, as of April, he was skating. As that of seemed, April, okay. confirmed, he was still alive. Seems like, <laughs> seems like uh, a, a decent sign that five months later, he should probably be on track to uh, be ready to go. Uh, Nate has a comment here in the chat that says, I just looked up and saw that he was still listed on IR. I assume... Nate is looking at cap friendly. They do not update that until the season begins. So if someone ended the season on IR, they're going to be listed as IR until the season begins and new rosters are sent in and all that sort of stuff. So um, don't read too much into that. If it was somewhere else, it's probably the same exact policy. Um, It's just how they, you know, if you're on IR when the season ends, you're there until the season starts on most websites. Yeah. And the teams and the teams won't, uh, won't make any of those announcements uh, until they absolutely have to. So with training camp coming up, I would think he's going to be ready to go. Um, So when the team announces the roster, I'd I'd be surprised. I would say I would be surprised if if Jujar Kara is uh, not on that roster. Agreed. All right, we've got some other news from around the league. Uh, Greg was peppering us with breaking news uh, as we were getting ready to do the show as Joey was looking for his wallet. Should we bring that story about Joey's wallet to the air? I think we should. I think you you just did. I know. That's why I did it. You just did. Joey, jump in. Are you there or are you eating meat? I was saying, am I supposed to pop in here now and talk about my wallet? Like, I'm one of those people that is traditionally not great with – keeping track of my wallet specifically for a long time. I had the, uh, I'm going to put office keys in that category too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, that's more of a uh, product of me like rushing out of the office and just getting to my car and realizing I I don't have my keys and now Mm -hmm. I can't get even back into the office. But I had the wallet on the back of the phone for a long time. Like a couple years into college, I was like, I think it's time to retire that. Like got to get a wallet, got to be a man. And I've been pretty good about not losing it. 
But yesterday, just really rough CHGO softball game. I was just not in great headspace rushing to the studio to get Cubs post game going because we delayed the whole thing for the playoff game. And smart of it, uh, to realize this morning, no wallet. Luckily, ran back to Mozart Park quickly before the show. Guy in the dugout hanging out with his dog was very confused as to why I was like sprinting up to the empty dugout, pumping my fist when I see the wallet on the ground. Like, what is this guy doing? I'm just, oh, wow. Hey, let's have a great day, buddy. That's, um, I mean, that's a significant. What time did that game end? Like around 10, 11? Very fortunate. That game last night for CHGO? Yeah. That ended probably around like 9.15. Okay, so you're looking at like, that's like a 15-hour. Yeah, 15, 16 15 hours. hours. It, it you, was, are, you're like, you need to buy a couple of scratch-offs. It's a tan wallet, so I think it, it almost camouflaged in with the dirt of the dugout. It was it was All beautiful. Right. Well, that might have been your, your luck, yeah. 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 Need to buy and, some scratch-offs on the way home. While I'm here, I'll mention one more thing, and that is that uh, Mari Joe in the Fantasy Football League has started off 1-0. Let's go. So, sorry, Greg. Love sorry, it. Greg. It, it was, was two-on-one, you freaking cheaters. <laughs> it was very close. No, That's right. I still almost beat you despite both of my quarterbacks playing in a monsoon, so I'm not worried. I, I'm, I'm, I'm confident for the rest of the way that Justin Fields and Trey Lance will be playing on dry fields at some point. Uh, You'd man. think. You'd think that's a shit. I, I just imagine the guy in the dugout seeing Joey sprinting towards him and with his dog, like, okay, hold on. The dog was barking <laughs> a lot. The yeah, yes. I'm sure. Yeah, man is running at you. <laughs> yeah. Stranger danger. Well, we were the, the toughest shih tzu in Chicago. <laughs> that's the dog's job. My dog would have been like, uh, my my late dog Ray. She passed away. Um, so I just actually I just ordered the Apple tag for my good, wallet. Good. It, it's about time. Good job. We actually used the Apple tags because uh, our luggage took forever when we got landed from Orlando because our flight was delayed. So they sent all the baggage people home. So we were using the Apple tag we had in our luggage to see when the frick it was going to get off the plane. <laughs> oh, gosh. Like, nice. Apple tags are useful. Yeah, like, they're great. I can't I save myself, you know, a whole trip to Mozart Park this morning. But There you whatever. go. That's Joey for Apple. There you go. He's really going to put him over the top. Unofficial sponsor of the show today, apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to put Apple over the top. Finally, Apple's going to make it with Joey's endorsement. Yeah. Um, They're finally going to get some profits this quarter. Good for them. All right. Do we want to start with the uh, the the Jim Nil or the uh, or the other one, Jordan Cairo extensions? Eh. Yeah. I think the Cairo one is a little more uh, pertinent to Blackhawks because he's going to be there for a while. Yeah, that's uh that is eight a, years. Young player and locked up for a long time. And it seems like, uh, aside from uh, Alex DeBrinkett, uh teams are really jumping at locking up these young players kind of, you know, I, I don't want to say early, but they want to make sure, you know, they don't want to lose out these guys. They don't want to run into a situation like the Hawks just did with DeBrinkett. These bridge deals that used to kind of be the norm, a lot of teams have sort of opted to skip those deals lately, it seems. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if it's a guy that you know you want long term, yeah. why putz around? Why give right. him lock him up? Sure, some of these might come and bite the GM in the butt eventually, but like Tim Stutzla got a big deal in Ottawa. Mm -hmm. I don't see that coming back to haunt them. I, I'm a big fan of his. He's going to be a heck of a player. I like Jordan Kyrie a lot. He's got that speed that you need in today's game, 
And one thing to point out for, for Hawks fans as we go through this rebuild, the Blues were very patient with Jordan Cairo. I mean, he spent an entire se- season and a half in the AHL before becoming – and he wasn't that great in the AHL. Like his numbers weren't didn't like jump off the page at you. Were you like – I saw him a lot when he was playing with San Antonio covering the Ice Hogs and the Wolves, and you were kind of like, eh, maybe. And then all of a sudden he had that development and progression and now he's got $65 million sitting in uh, his <laughs> Apple wallet. So, um, <laughs> you know, good for him. Uh, you know, good player. I hate the team he plays for, but you know, that's not his fault. And uh, you know, maybe he causes some salary cap headaches for the blues down the road. And that's something we can all get on board for. Well, him, and, are- him and Robert Thomas signed to identical deals. Um, 8.15 every year until 203031. So 20 uh Thomas is 23, Cairo 24. Yeah, I think you know it's it's better to uh get a guy who, you know, looks like he's now hitting the 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 major upward trajectory of his career. It's better to get a guy on an 8-year deal at that point basically rolling the dice saying, "Yeah, we see you doing this and more uh down down the road long term and getting them at Eight million, rather than being like, ah, well, we'll see. You know, this this year was great. We'll get you on a one or two year deal at about five, four or five million, maybe six, and then they do it again or better. And then now it's like, okay, now I want nine. Now I want ten per year. And then you screw yourself saying, oh, well, we can't. You know, with with like with DeBrinket. Not that the Blackhawks were screwed. They could have paid him if he if they wanted to. They went with a, a different direction, but. Yeah, I mean teams that that start to get a little bit a uh, little bit strapped, uh, the the bridge deal is going to start really screwing you. So if you can sign a guy at 22, 23, 24 years old through his prime till he's 31, 32, 33, pretty much getting them on the most friendly deal you can without you know screwing yourself on 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 a bridge deal, you might as well do it, especially if the salary cap is as it as we've been told is supposed to jump significantly in yeah. the next year or two. Yeah. So yeah, in a few years, that looks like a bargain. You know, I always think of the Duncan Keith deal. Yeah. We're like, ugh, 5.5. <laughs> and you're like, oh, my God, Duncan yeah. Keith is signed for 5.5 or whatever it was. Yeah, well, if we look at Kairou's two seasons, 2021, uh, he played 55 games, had 14 goals, 35 points. That's pretty good for a rookie. Yep. Uh, playing on, <clears throat> you, know, um, you know, a team that was just two years removed from a Stanley Cup a veteran laden team. And then last year, I guess you could say his breakout, but I would think 35 points in 55 games as a rookie is a pretty darn good year. And then last year, 27 goals, 75 points in 74 games, yeah. uh, a point per game. Plus he, he came up huge in the playoffs too. He had seven goals, two assists in the blues, 12 playoff games. So he, he, he earned that deal. I mean, I wouldn't be too worried about it. If I were the blues, I think he's the real deal. As I said, he's got that speed that you need in today's game. And, and mm-hmm. that's going to lead to a lot of good play. So um, a savvy deal by the blues on both locking up both of those guys. And obviously as Nate brought up in the chat, is this a product of, of Bentman hitting that the cap will go up? Absolutely. And I've, you got to believe that the, the general managers have a little bit uh, more inside information about that than we do. So obviously some of them are feeling confident that that cap is not going to be the headache that it is currently. So, yeah, there's nothing I saw in Kyrou's game that indicates to me that he's going to have a huge drop off. Now his shooting percentage is pretty high. Uh, 14%, 14.4% last year. Um, just as like 
for comparison's sake, Patrick Kane is like 11% for his career. So 14 is a little bit high. Uh, he was almost 22% in the playoffs. So that, that might drop off a little bit. But when you watch the kid play, he's not a fluke. It's not, you know what I mean? It wasn't one of those like magical years that will never happen again. Uh, he he does seem to have all the tools to be a really good player for a long time. And it sucks that he's a blue. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah. But maybe maybe in four years, three years, 8.5 million is going to be like, wow, man, that's one of the best contracts in the league. So the Cubs, the Cubs did a lot of that back in the day when they, when they try, you know, when they locked up a guy like Rizzo early and, and stuff like that. We've seen it. Mm-hmm. The lock, the Blackhawks did it with Duncan Keith and other guys. So, you know, if you can avoid the big free agent uh, you know, negotiations, the bidding wars, you're you're better off. It'll be interesting to see what the Blues do, though, because they have Ryan O'Reilly and Vladimir Tarasenko uh, as free agents after this season. And, mm-hmm. I mean, they've got a pretty decent – I'm looking at their 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 cap-friendly page here. they got a pretty decent chunk of their team locked up pretty good. Braden Shen, Pavel Buchnevich, Brandon Saad, now Kairou and Robert Thomas all uh, extended pretty well down the road Three next three, four years. Defenseman. Nick Letty, Colton Pareko, Tori Krug, Justin Falk, not the youngest group, but no. they're also uh, locked up for at least the next four seasons. Trying to win. Each. So, yep. yeah. yeah I mean, I could see O'Reilly coming back. He's a valuable guy. I think Tarasenko, I mean, he's they were trying to get rid of trades. Yeah. They were trying to trade him. They've played a lot more games without him than with him the last three seasons. So I, I don't think he's in their plans beyond this yeah, season. So I wonder what the deal is with that, where they can't seem to move him. Maybe they're just not getting what they think is fair value for him. And teams know, well, like, he doesn't want to be who there. Who wants to trade for a guy that's going to, his shoulder's going to break every time yeah, he gets checked. I mean, that's, it's, he's got a rash of injuries that are from getting hit and, you know, his body's breaking down. You're not exactly jumping. Uh, falling over yourself to give up prospects and picks for a guy that might play 40 games for you. Yeah. I wonder too, though, if his lack of desire to be in St. Louis has something to do with his injury situation. If you know what I'm saying, like, Oh, you know, sorry, just can't go tonight. Shoulders, (laughs) shoulders hurting. You know, you never know. Like sometimes these guys who are injury prone suddenly aren't when they're traded to a team they want to be on. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'm just saying I don't know that about Tarasenko necessarily, but he's been very vocal about his lack of desire to be in St. Louis. And hey, who can blame him? Um, it's just, you know, because he's been because he's been the other other cities. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he has been somewhere other than so St. boring Louis. down there. Yes, that's what a shirt told me that once. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I mean, it's yeah, he's had he's had shoulder issues, but I mean, he came back last year with the career year, so. I don't know. Maybe maybe he was playing to get out of town and decided I'd rather I'd rather play myself into, you know, being being valuable in a trade or or whatever rather than just have to sit <laughs> sit in St. Louis and, you know, keep uh keep waiting it out. Might as well play myself out of here. Maybe it's maybe it's a it's you know, maybe that maybe that's part of it. I wonder too if you know, behind the scenes if there was any, you know, shoulder injury how they were handling it maybe yeah. he wanted to handle it different than than the team wanted to handle it and that caused friction um so yeah i think it's you know there there there, there could be a couple different things that uh that, that play out there but as far as next season he's 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 supposed to be a st louis blue and there might be a, a, a 
uh, culture clash or, or, or styles clash with Craig Berube. I mean, styles he's that clash. old <laughs> WWE baby. Um, <laughs> Berube's that old school enforcer, tough guy, you know, hard ass coach that, you know, sometimes the highly skilled players can tune out rather quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that has something to do with it too. He's just like, I'm tired of this guy yelling at me screaming at me words i don't understand i just want to shoot the puck damn it <laughs> yeah uh, chris in the chat says i think tarasenko was blaming the blues for his injury problems disagreements with surgery treatment etc maybe they yeah. pulled like a bulls and just gave him an unnecessary spinal tap yeah here you go have a spinal tap why yeah. i don't know maybe it will help we're out of- <laughs> <laughs> my grandma had one in world war ii and it helped her maybe yeah, it'll exactly. help <laughs> All right, let's get to our let's get to our fun topic of the day. But first, I want to remind everybody about points bet. Again, the NFL season's here; it's points bet season, and they're bringing you a better way to bet live on games. That means you can place live same game parlays, bet on the drives to be a touchdown, a field goal, an interception, whatever, and cash out on your live bets as they happen. So whether you're on the move or on the couch. Do it live on PointsBet. Download the app today and sign up with code CHGO to get your risk-free bets up to $2,000. And if you or somebody you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. So Top Shelf Tuesday, we like to have fun. That's what we'd like to do here. We've got, uh, what, two left? This one and one more. And then we got the season underway, basically. Um, so yeah. we wanted to have uh, one today. And in honor of the Bears' uh, wet and wild, unexpected win over the San Francisco 49ers. By the way, jump on that uh, CHGO locker and get the shirt of QB1 sliding through the uh, water. I ordered mine that looks awesome. There are so many new, awesome Bears designs. There's the 8-bit Walter Payton. There's a QB1, uh, you know, with the visor and all the great stuff Mm -hmm. in the CHGO locker. Go get some. They all look fantastic. Uh, our crew is killing it over there, uh, making these new designs and making them happen quickly. So um, memorable. So d- oh, go ahead. D- Sorry. D- designs so good, they're already being knocked off by the uh, the the bot uh, t-shirt designers. I saw their our saw I saw our, our slip and slide design there got uh, got flagged on a on a fake website for uh, someone was just literally taking the screen print and putting it on their own t-shirts. Yeah, caught you. Yeah, well, that's that's a sign that you're doing it right when people steal your t-shirts and set mm-hmm. designs. That's true. And topics. <laughs> uh, and topics. And <laughs> never mind. Okay. Um, so fun, memorable, regular season Hawks games, right? That's kind of where we're going from here. Did we qualify these that they had to be wins? No, not necessarily. Okay. Not necessarily. Okay. I think it's when we think about like the Bears win was fun because of the rain. And because of the slide at the end, but like there's a lot of things that can make a game memorable. Like the fog, the fog bowl the Bears played in. I don't remember if they won that or not. I was they won that young. game. Okay. They did. But it wasn't even about that, really. Like looking back on it right. historically, it was, oh my God, they, how do they even throw the ball in this weather? You can't see They won anything. that game because they had the lead when the fog went, rolled in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like everyone's saying the Bears only won because the rain started. Because of the rain, the yeah. Quarter. I guess it only rained on the 49er right. side and of the field. Yeah, we all yeah. know it never rains in San Francisco, so they were completely right. out of their element. Uh, hey, any any <laughs> Sunday that Nick Bosa cries giant-sized tears is a good Sunday. F that guy. Is it just like uh, like oil coming out? That guy is like a machine. He's got to be just an unsufferable yeah. wang in the locker room. <laughs> 
Oh, he totally is. You know, like, no doubt. Like, I, yeah. like, J.J. Watt always used to bother me. Now I'm like, whatever. He seems like a decent human being. So, But, like, look at how hard I'm working. Can we get a camera over here, too, so everyone can see how hard I'm working <laughs> so I can show up my teammates constantly? He's like the D- Dave Grohl of football. Always seems to be a camera right, right when he's doing something fun. Mm. Have you and I ever discussed my disdain for Dave Grohl? Yes, we have. Okay, we good. Have. Yes. That's, <laughs> but, a, that's a different podcast. Also lessening, but no one's that excited yes. about every band ever made okay um the first well of course we've got the winter classics memorable because they're designed to be but the first regular season game i thought of was does anyone remember i believe it was 2009 hard hat night that was that was gonna be on my list but then i was like well they lost that game so i didn't know if we were gonna talk about it yeah yeah Yeah. hard hat night the hawks had the brilliant idea of giving everybody that entered the building a it was red, 2009, I believe. Yeah, a red hard against hat the penguins. against the Penguins. Jonathan Taves scores a hat trick. As predicted, hard hats are All the hard flying hats. from from the rafters, landing on people below them. It was a total disaster. The goal was waved off, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he scored again. So it happened twice in the same game where people were chucking hard hats onto the ice. I. I was, I was at, at that, that game. game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was in my seats in the 300 level up at the top of 321, watching people from the 300 level throw it down, come up. Like people in the first five words were getting just destroyed by these things. Concussions <laughs> everywhere. Uh, I did not throw my heart at it. I actually still have mine, and I figured it's a collectible. Oh, yeah. They oh, gave out 10,000 of them, and 9,800 went onto the ice. Oh, yeah. So there's only a couple hundred left, uh, at least from fans who got them, I'm sure. But yeah, so, that pro- that promotion never happened again. So were Shocking. these were these like these were like, OSHA certified legit construction hats? No way. They had oh the tag God. on them that they were OSHA approved. Like you so could you could wear, wear it if you were a construction yes. worker. Wow. Yes. It was a hard plastic hat <laughs> that Oof. had the strap, so it was like raised above Total, your head. Yeah. So in case you got hit by another hard hat from three hundred level, it would protect your skull. That's yes. fantastic. Just a total disaster. And it was glorious. The fact that it happened twice, that's what that's probably my most memorable regular season game I was actually at. Yeah. Oh, th- no doubt about that. I mean, that was just uh that moment was just so it was just I, I don't know. It is it's something I'll never forget. And it was like kind of before they really had their the Hawks running that like we knew something special was happening, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, they're yeah. they're good and they got these good young players. Um, but we weren't, you know, totally for sure, like if they were going to be as yeah. great as they were. So that's, that was yeah, the 08-09 like season, and the, the Penguins were in town, so they were just uh, they were just uh, Stanley Cup champs. reigning Stanley Cup champs. Uh, Sidney Crosby did not play that game. I remember he was announced as a healthy scratch, or, or I don't know if it was a healthy – it wasn't a healthy scratch, but a scratch uh, late, like during pregames, and people were pissed because it was like, mm. we want to see Sidney Crosby. That was for a while right. where he never played in Chicago. You know, he was always had some reason not to play, but uh, he's always talking uh, the Hawks. Yeah. Yeah. He still yeah. Is. He's, he's scared. <laughs> we all know that. Um, a, a couple people in the chat mentioned probably another one of my top games that, that Calgary game in the beginning of the 09 010 season, down five to one in the second period. And then they won uh, six five in overtime. I've written and talked about that game. Uh, that was the first time I took uh, Jill, who, who was uh, we were early in our relationship. We spent ten years together before she passed away, and that was the first time 
I took her to a Hawks game and I jokingly said, well, if they lose the first time I take somebody, you don't get to come back. And she said, don't worry, they got this. And that's when I knew that this was a special hockey team. And, you know, I had something special off the ice going on too. So that game's up there too. That was a fun game. Brent Seabrook, overtime winner. That's that right. Game. Um, he, I've heard that, that before. He, he did that a few times. Um, yeah. Not his, there, there's the hard hats. <laughs> Jonathan Taves just <laughs> that's awesome. can't even smile during that like look at the chaos you cause and you can't you still got to be serious <laughs> come serious. on lighten up dude all yeah. the time lighten up, lighten up dude that was that was you know right at the beginning of that you know oh he's he's captain serious you know all that all that moniker yeah yeah that obviously those those early games um those and and those teams provided a lot of uh, a lot of memorable regular season games um another one against calgary that i always remember is the uh the, the night ray emery stole the game Oh, uh, yeah. in, the, in, the, in the 2013 season to uh to keep their to keep their uh unbeaten in regulation streak alive and um i think it was i think he stopped something like 48 or close to 50 shots in a in a 2-1 it was either, it was either like an overtime or shootout win but yeah without without emery uh they lose that game and uh it's one of those one of those one of those signature moments for for that team in the regular season and 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 one of you know the the, the signature moments for a guy like Ray Emery um, who had a, a lot of a lot of highlights uh, throughout his career and, and played for played for a number of different teams, but uh, that, that's always definitely one that I think when people think about you know think back to his career and his playing time, that is uh, uh, one that, that that definitely sticks out. As far as games that I remember going to, uh, I remember being in the building for Alex DeBrinket's first professional hat trick. Nice. I think it was a seven seven three win over the Ducks. Uh, and that was at his rookie year. Uh, so I remember being super excited uh, for not only for that, not, not only, you know, for the, for, for, for the game, for the win, um, but to see, you know, a guy like Debrinka, uh this, this highly touted rookie uh, come in and, and be able to do what a lot of people were hoping that he'd be able to do uh, right out of the gate, you know, be, be a goal, a goal scoring threat. So that's definitely something that, uh, a game I remember being at and um, yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty, uh, pretty exciting. Another great one. I attended uh, this probably before Mario was born March mm. 9th, 2003. Um, oh yeah. 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 <laughs> Eric Daze and Steve Sullivan both have hat tricks against the Bruins on green hat day. So the <laughs> ice was littered with St. Patrick's day hats. That was also cool. And then, of course, all, all like, 3,000 hats that were given out to the fans <laughs> that day were thrown <laughs> A day of legend. I, I, this should be like when you say National Game 5, you just know what it is. November 26, 2009, Marion Hosa's yep. debut mm-hmm. against the mm-hmm. Sharks. Uh, two goals on four yep. shots. Just, Very memorable game. Yeah, that's one, that was one of the top ones on my list. That's for damn sure. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, how about the, uh, that, that rate? The Jets was it Adam Party who had his uh, helmet stolen by a drunken oh, yeah. drunk guy? <laughs> he was hit through the glass and the dude grabbed his helmet that right guy off right off his head. Was hammered. Oh, oh yeah. You yeah. you could just see in his face. Like he had like where he He'd, can't like he can't blink in unison. He, he had been <laughs> drinking since like two in the afternoon. Dude. Oh, yeah. And not just beer either. That dude was drinking like Cheap bourbon straight for he was, five and a half hours. Like, he was glo- glossy eyed and sweaty, and yeah, he was like yeah, drunk uncle. That, 
Yeah, he had a <laughs> he had a, he had himself a night for sure. Yes. Yeah, that was quite the thing. I we remember in the Ray Am- in the outrage. Ahead, I keep interrupting you. I'm sorry. And the <laughs> the outrage around that too about him taking like people were so oh, how dare you? mad. Yeah. It's like he run on the ice. The dude landed in his lap. What was he supposed to do? Yeah, right. <laughs> He's got to protect himself from a potential hat trick. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, you never knew if there was a lingering hard hat that was going to come from 300 level. <laughs> right. Uh, we mentioned that Ray Emery game um, from the, that fabulous 2013 season, but I mean, I always remember the opening game of that season uh, at the Kings. We the we the Hawks sat there through the banner raising ceremony. The Kings raised their first Stanley Cup banner. There wasn't a lot of expectation going into that season because the Hawks had lost in the first round of the playoffs each of the last two years. So it was kind of like, eh, all right, you know, whatever. And then they just whooped the Kings' ass. They came out and scored like three goals in the first period and just beat them down. 5-2 is the final score, but it wasn't even that close. And you're like, okay, maybe something here. And then, you know, a few weeks later, you're like, this is one of the most fun teams I've ever seen. So that game always uh, sticks out to me. I have another game that I remember uh, more for personal reasons, but it was a game – Back in the the 08, uh, or I'm sorry, when it was, it was the 11 season, the uh, 2010-2011 season. It was January 9th, 2011. It was a 5 nothing win over the New York Islanders. And why this is special to me is because that was a, uh, I took my dad to that game because it was the 1961 Heritage Night. And he, oh, that was his favorite oh, team growing nice, up. And he always nice. talks about those. So you had all the the surviving members of that team there Hull and Makita Nestorenko Glenn Hall they were they did this really cool pregame ceremony with with Eddie O on the ice awesome. and that turned out to be uh, the last game I was able to go to my dad my dad passed away in 2012 and I remember when I was cleaning out his room uh, afterwards I, I saw he kept the ticket stub to that game so I put uh. that ticket stub I put that ticket stub in his uh, casket with him because I know he saved it I still have mine. So that game always sticks out to me as as a as a favorite regular season game as a what it became. Yeah. To. But just being awesome. to see all the sixty one game guys, yeah, and like my dad was so happy because my dad was fourteen when they won. So that was bringing back a lot of memories yeah. for him. So that was a special night for sure. Nerfin awesome. uh, mentions too uh, Patrick Kane's first goal and the Jonathan Taves goal against Colorado as a rookie that still raises your goosebumps when you see it. The other thing about that is that one made people kind of forget that Taves scored on his first shift as an NHL player. (laughs) His first shift, he scored a goal. It's pretty good. It's a way to start a career. A few guys have done them. Uh, We talked about them yesterday. Our our buddy Mario or Mario Lemieux scored on his first shift, first shot. Um, So it's, you know, apparently when you do that, good things happen. Uh, Another game that sticks out to me was from 2016. Uh, January of 2016, when the uh, that was the game in Montreal when Corey Crawford stood on his head and won two to one, made 39 saves in his hometown of Montreal, and it actually gave Joel Quinville uh, his 738th victory, which put him second all time behind Scotty Bowman at that point. So that was a fun one that Crawford uh, got the big win in his hometown. He seemed to always play great in Montreal. Um, he, it wasn't Carey Price uh, in that game. He was hurt because that happens a lot with him. And um, so, you know, but it's still that game always sticks out, not just for the milestone for for Crawford or for uh, Quinville, 
But Corey Crawford's one of my all-time favorite Blackhawks. So anytime he had a big game, I was like, yeah, eat it, haters. <laughs> You've got the Another... uh, Scott Foster game, of course. Uh, of course. March 30th, 2018. Well, that's most remembered for Colin Delia's debut. Of course. Yeah. Yes. Right. <laughs> but yes, Scott, Scott, Scott Foster. Uh, that's that that's memorable for 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 many different reasons. Um, that was the Jets too, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That was the Jets. Uh, another one that sticks out to me is uh, opening night of the 2017-2018 uh, season, season that was not uh, not the greatest for the Blackhawks, if you all remember. But opening night, a 10-1 to thumping of the oh, Pittsburgh yeah. Penguins, uh, the uh, first uh, first game of the year for the Blackhawks at the United Center. Uh, let's uh, got the box score up here. Uh, first goal of the season scored by Ryan Hartman. Uh, 40 seconds later, Brandon Saad scored 30 seconds later, Nick Schmaltz scored a minute and a half later, Brandon Saad scored again. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we had a five, nothing lead into, uh, after the first period, uh, Phil Kessel scoring the lone goal for the, uh, for the penguins there. Gotta and then, uh, uh, Patrick Kane scored Richard panic scored, Nick Schmaltz scored again. Brent Seabrook scored a goal. Brandon Saad, with the, uh, the the hat trick, so uh, the Pittsburgh yeah. native haunting his hometown team. Pretty pretty uh, pretty good start to the season there for the Blackhawks for a season that ended pretty 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 bad. Ryan Hartman opening the year with five points, he would have da 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 six twenty more <laughs> with the Blackhawks in fifty six games. So before being traded to Nashville, they all count. Yeah, that's true. Um, broadcast wise, there's the uh, the weenie game. Hit him in the weenie, oh, and of course the uh, day Alex Karpatsev was traded. Uh, yeah, when Patrick went off. <laughs> Mario, yeah. Mario, if you're listening to the there podcast, holding up his Pat Foley as a legend T-shirt, uh, that may have sealed it. That if game, you, as if it wasn't already sealed. Yeah, yeah. If if you've never. Uh, heard that rant it's on youtube you can find it um the dean martin reference just it's just it's incredible <laughs> there was some legit it's massive there um yeah it, it, it's it's a little hard to listen to nowadays uh knowing that um you know karpetsov was part of that locomotive plane crash a few years ago um but it's still worth Man, it's pretty. It's right up there with like the Lee Elia Cubs rant, as far as like <laughs> Chicago just taking a mm-hmm. dump on somebody. Like it was just, it was glory, glory, yeah, glorious. When you're when your name is 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 more tied to someone ranting about you than than anything else you did uh, for for your playing career, it's um, it's a good rant. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, the other, I'm trying to think of any others. I I have some non Hawks ones. Uh, you guys mentioned Mario Lemieux, uh, him scoring on his final shift was just unreal. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Ha, you know, people are chanting his name. People are going crazy. He gets a breakaway and buries it. And just like, even Lemieux, who is like a lot like Taves where the emotion doesn't show through, uh, kind of looks to the sky, leans back. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget that scene. Uh, I think everybody watching hockey was crying when that happened. It was just incredible. (laughs) Um, Of course, Gretzky breaking the record. And when we mentioned yesterday, Brian Bickle ending his career with a shootout winner. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool. Really a cool moment. Really cool moment. Uh, 
I did a little bit of when I was doing some research on these games. There was the um, uh, last win at the stadium yeah. was on uh, April tenth, nineteen ninety four. Regular season win um, that was over the Kings, and then the first game at the United Center, January of ninety five. They beat the Edmonton Oilers five to one. The same guy had the game-winning goal in the last regular season win at the Chicago Stadium and scored the very first goal at the United Center. Do you guys remember who that is? Is it? Um, nope. We just talked about him the other day. It's Amani, right? Nope. Brian Bickle. <laughs> yes. No. Lord, give me uh, the answer. Good old, good old number uh, uh, seventeen. I believe Joe Murphy, Joe Murphy. had the uh, oh, Joe, Joe Murphy, Murphy had the game-winning goal in the last win at the Chicago Stadium and the first goal ever at the United Center. Roenick had the last goal at Chicago Stadium. Not the last yeah, it was a playoff win. game, right? Not yeah. the last yeah, goal yeah. win, right? Yeah. You're right. You're right. Uh, all right, who had the last goal in Maple Leaf Gardens? Uh, that would be Derek King. Uh, no, it was Bob Probert. Bob Probert. All right. I don't know why. Well, the last Maple Leaf goal at Maple Leaf Gardens. Yeah, was, yeah was that's yeah. yeah. Yep, Bob Probert had the last. Uh, the last. Yeah, I thought it was cool that that the Maple Leafs played the last regular season game at the at the Chicago Stadium, and then the Blackhawks played the last regular season game at Maple Leaf Garden, uh, and then the Maple Leafs played the last game ever at Chicago Stadium because uh, the they played in the playoffs in '94 too. Maple Leaf um, Garden is still there though. Like yes, because I believe I was in Toronto. I think in 04. It was a while ago, 04, 05, whatever year I went um, to see a game at the Air Canada Center. Um, but Maple Leaf Garden is just there. It's like in downtown Toronto. They use it for community events, and like it's still part of the. It, it, at Do least the Marlies play there? No, they don't. I don't think they play hockey there. The Marlies play at another arena, the Coliseum or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that was fun. It's always fun to reminisce, uh, but soon we'll be talking about, we'll be reminiscing about the night before uh, <laughs> very, very soon. And <laughs> I'm very excited about that. Before we wrap up, I want to tell everybody, Greg mentioned it earlier, but here's the detail on our uh, upcoming tailgate, the CHGO Bears tailgate Sunday, September 25th. This is our very first official CHGO Bears tailgate ahead of the Texans and Bears game. Four hour pregame party begins at 8 a.m. all the way to kickoff. Your all-inclusive tailgate experience at the corner of Michigan and Roosevelt will feature a top-rated food truck, brews and booze, games and music from a local DJ for only $34, and the lot is less than a 15-minute walk to Soldier Field through Grand Park. And guess what? Everything is a 15-minute walk from Soldier Field because Soldier Field sucks to get to. Mm. There are limited parking upgrades available, but they're going fast. So if you want to bear down at the biggest and best party in the Windy City, go to allchgo.com to reserve your spot now. That's the way to do it. Join us out there on the 25th for the first official CHGO Bears tailgate. It's going to be a great time. Again, a 15-minute walk from the stadium, that's nothing. That Unless you're paying $80 to park right there on the Waldron deck or whatever, it's a 15-minute walk to Soldier Field at best. So that's a really sweet spot to have our tail. Even the so. Waldron deck is still like a nine minute yeah, walk. Yeah. Stadium, there's just so nothing. Like, clo- there's nothing no. close to soldier. You can imagine why you would want their own stadium in Ireland tonight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So we'll be back tomorrow at one 30 hoping for in studio. I should have my test result in the morning and we'll go with that. I keep testing negative, but I'm just don't want to get anybody sick. So I'm just being ultra careful. So I appreciate Greg and Mario, uh, you guys being patient with the whole thing. 
Yeah. And of course, the flexibility from CHGO to make us uh, let us do remote shows for the last two days. So as soon as it's safe to be there, I will be there. And we'll see you on uh, <laughs> on Wednesday, Joey, in the chat. Think negative, everyone. Exactly. Think negative. Uh, reminder, we're presented by PointsBet. Use that promo code CHGO when you sign up. For Greg and Mario, I'm Jay. Thanks for listening to the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. <laughs>